0: We are live. Da, 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 da. I need some coffee, boy. A sip. I'm not going to make a coffee, Katie. Just
1: say good, because I can't feel the time.
0: No, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'd feel horrible leaving you to your own devices. <laughs>
1: it feel would like, be so <laughs> awful. <laughs> feel
0: like a fucking deer in headlights. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm just mute my mic.
0: (laughs) People just fucking coming in. What the fuck is this? (laughs) Anywho, let's get fucking started. You're about to witness the strength of creep knowledge. Good evening. Welcome to the Forty and Slip. This is episode one hundred. And ninety five. Mary Krampus. Mary fucking Krampus. I didn't realize uh, Krampus night was December fifth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh-huh. they all
0: dress up like a fucking demon and act like assholes. I wonder if they beat kids in the street.
1: Probably. We'll Mm, wonder if I that's that.
0: sanctioned on Krampus night. I know some parents that would like to be able to do that. Hell, I know some parents that did do that. And they didn't <laughs> wait until Krampus night either.
1: Yeah, they didn't need a holiday to do it.
0: <laughs> oh, they just got those switches and went to town. Motherfuckers. Uh, uh, before we get into the, the news tonight, uh, I actually... Uh, I was recently... Uh, horrified, <laughs> we'll say absolutely horrified. I am appalled at the uh, hypocrisy. I'm being very facetious. Um, and and before I talk about this, let me uh preface it by saying that I am a proponent of the use of weed like as a medical uh, for medical use and for recreational use. I'm a proponent. Before I criticize the fuck out of CNN for uh, for promoting it, <clears throat> um, I I think it's great. However, uh, I think it's shitty of uh, a broadcast news uh, source such as CNN to shit on. Joe Rogan for the use of ivermectin when it's an actual human drug and then promote the use of cannabis which is isn't even a legal drug federally it's still a schedule 1 drug by the way that's they consider it as as bad as heroin I don't personally but they do um And for for use with autistic children. Now, again, let me say that I think that the results in this are amazing. They're great. But I think to, out of one side of your mouth, talk about how one thing is horrible. And say that it's not approved. And then out of the other side of your mouth, to talk about how this drug that isn't even legal. Federally. In some states it is. But on a federal level. Uh, And the FDA does not (laughs) approve it because of that. Um, I, I think it's just shitty. It's absolutely shitty. And I think it just shows where journalism is going. It's in the fucking toilet. It's in the absolute fucking shitter. Uh, I get my news now from other places. I don't go to, I don't go to the broadcast news sources. They're all bought by fucking big corporate fucking money, big pharma and Wall Street and just bullshit. So, <clears throat> there's my there's my my rant for the week that pissed me off to no end. And, it's a solid and,
1: rant. I think a lot of people and, are pissed off by the hypocrisy.
0: You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, and, and for the, like, like I said, I totally think that what they were promoting is good. Like the use of cannabis for autistic children and people and the benefits that it can give them and the families that have to take care of them, like these extreme cases, it's amazing.
1: Well, that's kind of the problem. These stories are being wasted. You know what I mean? Like they're legitimate stories, but they're not being pushed for the right reasons, and it's kind of, it's muddying the good possibilities that could come of them reporting on such a thing. You know,
0: right? And 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 their shitty and shoddy journalism in other areas belittles all of the good things that they do. Yes. You know, and and it's, it sucks. It sucks. I, I. I I can remember a time in my life when I used to turn on the news and not feel as horrible about it as I do today, and I will admit, like looking back over shit over time like years removed there is there is and was a bias in certain directions, like you can look at back on shit in like the the early nineteen hundreds and see like this extreme crazy bias in news. It's nuts, yeah. So, I I mean, it it just, it bothers me. Um, And we report on bullshit, so, and we accept that it's bullshit. Right. So I'm not trying to tell you that these stories that I'm going to give you tonight are real. I'm just going to tell you that they're there. (laughs) That's it. That's all you get. Uh, Dave Long, never seen you. Yo from Seattle. Good evening, Dave. Glad you could join us. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was one of those things where it just, it got to me and I, I, I am a, I'm a huge Rogan fan. I think, I think, uh, the, what he, what he's brought to, you know, the podcast world or, or broadcast radio, whatever you want to call it, uh, is amazing. Right. The, it's his format, the way that he talks to people. It's great. So.
1: and well, luckily uh, he has a sturdy enough. Foundation in oh, yeah. fame that that did not hurt him any, you
0: know. No, and the and and for the record, like the reason they're like they're attacking him is because he's bigger than they are, right? And he Much has bigger. Pull. Yeah, and it, as far as I'm concerned, he's more honest because he's willing to admit when he's wrong. And
1: yeah,
0: having being able to admit when you're fucking wrong is such a huge thing for me. Anyway, it's it. It makes a person solid. You want to go back to that person. Yeah. You know, and I don't... And in this term, there used to be a term like flip-flopper. You remember when people were called flip-floppers? Yes. And I think that's that was horrible that they ever did that. Because I think that changing your opinion on something is good. Right. Now, I now are there people who do it just for political gain and shit like that? Absolutely but changing your opinion can be a good thing and yeah. admitting that you're wrong about something can be a good thing. So We're I, I just evolving. think, I, I wish that, uh, I wish that, um, the, the news corporations would do, would follow suit and start doing the fucking right thing. I, they won't
1: I was gonna say, I don't, I don't have a lot of hope in that, Chris. Sorry.
0: No, neither do I. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's get right into the fucking news here.
1: Uh,
0: f- Ooh, I just dropped it down. I hate it when I do that. Uh, from the New York Post.com We were confronted by a Bigfoot like yaoi, ape man. On our way home from work, Uh, three men have told how they encountered an apparent Bigfoot-like yaoi as they traveled home from work, leaving them terrified. The men from remote Queensland, Australia, have claimed they came across the beast while driving home earlier this month. The Courier-Mail reported the three plantation workers were driving on Saturday, December 4th, to the Gymna Base Camp in Australia when they spotted the animal. (coughs) Plantation? What are they in? Fucking... (laughs) early america uh they said they spotted the slouched over figure under a street light and when the figure noticed them it turned in their direction seamus fitzgerald told the courier mail described the mysterious figure as having very long arms and an ape-like face he said we initially thought it was a boar or a really big animal until we got closer and saw it run off in a very ape-like way I've never really had a paranormal or strange experience like that before. I hardly slept that night, and the feeling was overwhelming that I had seen something that I never believed in previously. Workmate Sterling Slowcock Bennett said the group was immediately confused when it crossed paths with the unknown entity. He said we were in utter disbelief of what we were seeing. It It definitely was a scary moment for me. As I said, I was so confused... And shook of what we were seeing. And as we got closer and closer, it didn't make sense like you'd hope. We were fucking hoping it was going to... How were you hoping that was going to make sense? <laughs> uh, locals from the tiny town of Jimna with... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. With a population of just 91 people. Ooh, a whopping 91. Have reportedly claimed to have seen evidence of the supposed, supposed Yowie before. Mr. Slowcock Bennett said, we went on a few hikes after to see it, but sadly, they weren't organized very well. Too many people and too loud. However, after speaking to locals, it seems the Yowies are pushed out in storms.
1: Huh?
0: is this a factoid? I love Bigfoot or Yowie factoids. (laughs) Right. You know, that people, you know, know. Moneymaker's good for that one. Uh, In 2019, an expert tracker claimed the legendary beast, who is believed to be an eight-foot-tall Bigfoot-like creature, has been repeatedly sighted in the outback. Dean Harrison from Australian Yowie Research said he has first-hand experience of the beast and has received hundreds of reports of the animal from all over Australia. Dean said that generally reports claim the Yowie has orangey-brown hair and the hair is typically around two to four inches in length. This story originally appeared on the sun and was reproduced with her permission. Dean said it was like nothing I had ever seen before in my entire life. I knew I had to move, and the moment I did this thing, roared. I thought I was going to die, but then it started running ahead of me, and so I veered away from the forest tree line. The woman I was on the phone to heard the whole thing. It was a life-changing event, something you can't let go. Mr. Fitzgerald said he never previously believed in the existence of yaoi's, but said the experience had prompted him to go looking for another sighting. And now we have another Bigfoot... Bigfoot hunter. Bigfoot researcher. Another one out there. I don't know. I don't know if it's a worthwhile field to get into. Mm,
1: Not these days. A few years ago, it was pretty lucrative.
0: Yeah, I just don't know. I... I I watch from a distance now because I'm not as embedded in the in the different uh subcultures right. as I was. And from what I've seen, it's just more and more of the same. Like I see the videos that, that Phil puts out of the stuff that's running around, and I'm just like, Really? Is that the best you got?
1: It's okay. pretty sad.
0: Alright. Uh okay. I'm sure somebody'll see it sometime and get it on film. <sighs> Not today. Uh from theguardian.com, dot Kentucky Tornadoes. These are these were fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, these we got a wind from are
0: that. Nuts. Honestly,
1: uh, they, it was a wicked storm system. It was wild. Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh babies in bathtubs survive after Twister blows them outside. Uh, two babies survived a t- tornado in Kentucky. Even though it ripped the bathtub they were sheltering in out of the ground and tossed it into the yard, their grandmother said. How, how, at least 92 people have been confirmed dead across multiple states after more than 40 tornadoes pummeled a wide area last weekend. Holy fuck. In Kentucky, state emergency management officials and the state health department put the toll at 75. The governor, Andy Bashir said on Saturday all people reported missing in the state after the outbreak of tornadoes had been accounted for. Clara Lutz told WFIE-TV she put 15-month-old Caden and 3-month-old Dallas in the bathtub last Friday with a blanket, a pillow, and a Bible. Then the house in Hopkins County started shaking. Next thing I knew, the tub had lifted and it was out of my hands, Lutz said. I couldn't hold on. I just, oh my God. Lutz was hit in the back of the head by the water tank from the tub. Her house was stripped to the foundation. She said she looked everywhere in the wreckage for the children. All I could say was, Lord, please bring my babies back safely. Please, I beg thee. The bathtub was found in her yard, she said, upside down and with the babies alive underneath. Sheriff's Mm -hmm. officers reunited her with the two children, she said. Dallas had a big bump on the back of his head and had to go to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville. Because his brain was bleeding, but the bleeding stopped before Lutz got to the hospital, she said. Lutz said the parents of the children live at the north end of the county and their home was nearly untouched by the tornado. That's, ugh, that shit was crazy. I threw that one in because those tornadoes were just nuts.
1: Yeah, it was very scary.
0: Yeah. Uh, I- I love, uh, um, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to go into a, a, a discussion on climate change with this one, but uh, I love how people immediately go, "You see, you see, climate change." Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, so you're, uh, you know, you're a scientist. You understand this shit now, huh? Right, yeah, good, good for you. Good for you. Do, it doesn't
1: happen that often this time of year, but that doesn't mean it's never happened this time of yeah. year.
0: It's just fucking. It's just a a freak thing, and freak Um, shit happens.
1: We actually, I mean, I'm in Indiana, which isn't that far north, where all this stuff happened, and we get a windstorm. I'd say 50% of the time, you can count on a windstorm, upward of 50 miles an hour, every year, sometime in November or December. It's it's pretty normal. Like it's not. Granted, we don't have tornadoes every time, but like these strong winds and this wicked, weird storm system isn't really that weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it didn't, it's not like it didn't go through an area that does, is, isn't, they aren't attributed oh, yeah. to it. Right. You know, it's, it's normal.
1: It is. Unfortunately, it's sad and it's awful and it's horrifying. Oh, yeah. But it is normal.
0: Yeah, and I, I came across that story while I was while I was gathering stuff up. I was like, yeah, this one's going to go. Yeah,
1: the pictures go from it. that have been wild to see. It's very heartbreaking for sure. Um,
0: from uh, Crosscut.com, uh, Mossbacks Northwest, before the Kraken, what lurked in the Salish Sea? Area waters have a history of monster sightings, many of them way stranger than Bigfoot. Seattle has a new hockey team named after the Kraken, a legendary old North Sea monster. Do we in the Northwest have a history of sea monsters? You betcha. You betcha. (laughs) I love it when people write shit like this. (laughs) Articles like this. (laughs) Uh, We all know about Bigfoot lurking in our forests in the pages of the tabloids. Or stories like this. (laughs) But strange creatures have also been sighted in our salish sea waters. Move over, Sasquatch. Meet Cadborosaurus? The idea of sea serpents in the Salish Sea and nearby waters is old. Indigenous artwork has featured a serpent-like creature in petroglyphs, dances, songs, masks, and carvings. It was a known critter long before Europeans came along with their own stories of seeing weird things at sea. In 1880, a news item in the Vancouver... Washington Independent reported that a marvelous sea serpent had been seen again off Cape Flattery. He disported in the water more than 15 minutes to invite inspection of its prodigious size and rare ugliness, throwing his long tapering body 90 feet out of the water and disclosing wings that put our mainsail in the shade, reported one B. got when he got to port. The serpent's snorting was said to be epic. I love fucking the way they wrote in the 1800s.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Illustrates quite the picture, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and you got to remember, they didn't, they didn't fucking have all of the, you know, they didn't have all the shit we have now. All they had was the written word. Right. So, yeah, it, it, to listen to some of the, the, or to read some of that, it's crazy. It's, it's very cool um that same year a wonderful sea monster was said to have been caught near victoria by local native people it was brought to town and described as a genuine sea serpent six feet in length with the orthodox mane a head shaped like a panther interesting it was said to have been preserved in spirits and sent to ottawa for identification as no locals knew what it was that wasn't the last time some odd carcass found on a northwest beach sparked the question what the heck is it Strange sightings weren't confined just to salt water. Indigenous peoples told stories of creatures in lakes. Famously, a serpent-like critter in British's, British Columbia's Lake Okanagan named Ogopogo. Yeah, we know about Ogopogo. Um, is anybody's fucking gonna run on? Yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna slide through that one. I did like, I did like the way he started that one though.
1: You, yeah. betcha.
0: <laughs> you betcha! You uh, betcha! Dave Long, uh, I miss your shows with Matt now. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, times change, things happen. I don't know what to tell you. It was a, it wasn't, it wasn't the best of endings. So, it is what it is. Um, but I wish him well, and I think he was a great. He was great on the show, so I'll never, I'll never, never say he wasn't. He was fucking solid on this show. <clears throat> but, uh, oh, what do I got next? From the L.A. LATimes.com, an op-ed. Okay, it's time to take UFOs seriously. Of all, and, and I agree. I fucking agree. It is time to take UFOs serious. <laughs> this shit's out there. I, the, uh, the truth is definitely fucking out there. I think Mulder was on to something. Um, of all the years' political drama, the most surprising may be the U.S. government's actions on identify unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs, better known as UFOs. The opening act came in June when the Pentagon and the Director of National Intelligence delivered an astonishing report to congress addressing uaps most of these phenomena turn out to have prosaic explanations such as weather balloons space debris and atmospheric effects in the sky with a small percentage exhibiting unusual flight characteristics that suggest advanced technology the june report however found the opposite it could only account it could account for only one of the 144 UAP sightings between uh, 2004 and 2021 that it examined, including 80 observed with multiple sensors, such as high-tech military radar and infrared cameras mounted on warplanes. Take one of the most memorable sightings caught on infrared camera in 2004. Navy pilots flying from the USS Nimitz spotted a 40-foot white object resembling a Tic Tac Mint levitating erratically above the waters off the California coast. As the pilots approached, the Tic Tac, despite lacking wings or any sign of propulsion, rose to meet them midair before speeding instantly away, vanishing. The report did not conclude what the Tic Tac or any other UAPs are, and it could not attribute them to secret technology developed by the U.S. or any adversaries. Now Congress wants answers. In November, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand... Democrat from New York, authored legislation creating an office to study UAPs government-wide and report to Congress. Then the Defense Department tried to stake its claim to the issue shortly after announcing the formation of its own UAP unit. Its team would investigate only UAPs spotted in sensitive military airspace, and it would operate without congressional supervision. Some criticized the half-measure as a preemptive ploy to avert oversight though the Pentagon denies those claims. I'm gonna call
1: bullshit.
0: Uh, But Gillibrand and a bipartisan block of lawmakers, including Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida, and Representative Ruben Gallego, Democrat from Arizona, were not deterred. They steered legislation through Congress, attached as an amendment to the annual defense bill, sent to President Biden's desk Wednesday to be signed into law. That establishes a new office to study UAPs. The amendment also requires unclassified reports on UAPs delivered to Congress each year, as well as semi-annual classified briefings to legislators. The move represents the most significant public process yet to understand UAPs. For all of its dysfunction, only Congress has the institutional power and legitimacy to lead this conversation. UAPs intersect with topics as wide-ranging as aerospace technology, national security, and potential health effects on individuals exposed to these craft. No single agency has a multidisciplinary know-how or legal authority to tackle all these questions. For example, the Pentagon unit's intended focus on military airspace would ignore the Federal Aviation Administration and civilian flight safety. A comprehensive strategy from Congress is needed. The office created by the Gillibrand Amendment, The amendment, accordingly, will take a broad approach by investigating UAPs across jurisdictional lines, prioritizing areas of scientific study, and requiring various agencies to collaborate, not only the Defense Department and the Federal Aviation Administration, but also the Energy Department, Intelligence Community, NASA, and others. It will develop a science plan to investigate striking physical characteristics of UAPs, like their speed, and potentially replicate any advanced UAP technologies. Which is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And the new office will seek to understand the global nature of these phenomena, directing outreach to foreign allies. In particular, the office will analyze whether UAPs represent foreign adversarial technology or otherwise pose a threat. That should be its top priority. The June report stated that UAPs, in addition to representing a flight safety hazard, may pose a challenge to the U.S. national security. Given the regular sightings in military airspace and the apparent connection between UAPs and nuclear technology, national security concerns are paramount. In setting up this office, Congress has legitimized the long-ridiculed topic of UAPs. Yet its work does not end there. It must ensure that the office receives adequate funding and make clear that the office should be led by a civilian director with the expertise necessary to tackle these issues and cut through the Pentagon's red tape. Of course, the perspectives perspectives of defense and intelligence officials will be crucial, but the Pentagon has a long history of, of obfuscating work relating to UAPs, whereas Congress can promote transparency. Sure they can. Once the office has delivered its first unclassified report, Congress should hold public hearings to discuss its findings. Now that legislators have marshaled action on UAPs, they need to make sure the new office does not become shrouded in secrecy. What do you think, Katie?
1: Um, I don't see this going well. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think.
0: <laughs> I think. I think the move uh, by the different agencies to, to uh take the wind out of the sails of the other uh investigative measures i i just i just see this becoming a another one of those cases where one thing one area is not talking to another area like remember right. back when when nine eleven happened And the CIA wasn't talking to the FBI and weren't talking to, I don't know, whoever fucking else, national fucking security.
1: Yeah, well, and that's just the way it all works. I mean, those are independent departments, and that's why, like, big picture, it sounds like a great idea. Sounds fantastic, right?
0: Oh, it sounds amazing.
1: But when you take into consideration the fact that I'm personally willing to bet that the defense department in particular knows a shit ton more about this UAP stuff than any then of those they, other then departments. Then are
0: letting on.
1: Right. We just don't know that. But they're right. not going to just come out and tell us just because, ooh, we formed this new group and we're going to be united all as one. And yay. No, they're not going to play along with that bullshit. <laughs> they have like literally dedicated their whole way of doing business as the defense par- department being secretive. This is what they're good at. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. So I don't. I don't see that going well.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I see. It's to me, it's a dog and pony show.
1: Oh, for sure. It's still. It still to me feels like a social experiment. I think it's all for us, and it's not necessarily. I don't think.
0: I don't necessarily think it's a social experiment. I think that at, at this point. They will take anything that they can use as a diversion. Yes, I I think that, and I think that, in a lot of ways, stuff like this, stories like this, are diversions for people's brains, because you go, "Oh, look, squirrel!"
1: Right. You no, know,
0: you can't help it. It's like when you pass by an accident, you can't help it. It's like I was talking to you about the Brian Laundry fucking Gabby Petito thing people can't fucking help themselves. Yeah. So but that's they, why it they... still
1: kind of falls into that social experiment to me. Like they're all playing with our minds on purpose, you know. I don't okay. think that there's a genuine I don't think there's a genuine desire to let the people know what's really going on.
0: Yeah, and I'm not I, I won't I won't shit on that theory cuz it could very well possibly be true.
1: They want us to like, feel like that desire is there, but I don't think it really is.
0: Yeah, it, and I think that happens in a lot of these governmental agencies. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty widespread, I think, when it comes to that. but uh, From the New NewYorkPost.com, people who believe they were abducted by aliens could have PTSD. <laughs> uh, feeling is believing. Whether or not it's actually possible is neither here nor there for those who truly believe they've been abducted by aliens, because their post-traumatic stress disorder is real, according to a new study. Researchers at Zaragoza University in Spain concluded that almost half of believers may qualify for PTSD diagnoses. Out of 19 people claiming to have been taken by aliens, 9 of them met the criteria for PTSD, a rate of 47%. Compare that to people who were People were kidnapped by other humans, 46% of whom, about 15 people, could be considered PTSD sufferers. Their findings suggest that symptoms of trauma can occur even if the traumatizing event did not, which is probably exactly what they, the aliens, want us to think. Huh? 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 (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, The emotional reaction to memories of an implausible experience... Uh, Can be similar to an individual's response to a genuinely traumatic event. Researchers wrote in their report, which was recently published in the journal Explore. Abductees can have an emotional reaction to an analogous, uh, an emotional reaction analogous to PTSD because, regardless of whether their recollections are true or false, their fear is real. Alleged alien abduction victims involved in the research recalled a range of experiences during their encounters, from being mesmerized by strange lights to finding themselves aboard a spaceship and in the company of otherworldly life forms. Some also remembered telltale radio and television interference during the event or meeting a bedroom visitor. I've had a few bedroom visitors before. (laughs)
1: Not that kind, Chris. Oh, sorry. More than half of
0: the participants claimed to have memory loss during their supernatural ordeal, usually between a few hours of the night, and for one individual, about 36 hours. Uh, On average, researchers also found that alien abductees scored lower in subjectibility compared to the control group, indicating that they had actually become more of a skeptic as a result of their abduction. Uh, The small scale scale study understandably involved just 19 people who claimed to be bona fide alien abductees and compared them to 32 individuals who had been kidnapped, but not by extraterrestrials. Volunteers were asked to complete a PTSD assessment questionnaire that rated the severity of the symptoms, such as frequent nightmares, anxiety, mood swings, intrusive thoughts about their experience and full blown, blown flashbacks. Notably, three alleged abductees did not consider their phenomenal experience traumatic. Researchers also hypothesized a few alternative explanations for purported alien abductions, including hallucinatory dreaming and sleep paralysis, or the effects of anesthesia during a legitimate surgical procedure. Alien abduction claims are nothing new, of course. In 1991, paranormal investigators and sociologists commissioned a nationwide poll of nearly 6,000 Americans, have found at least 119 respondents whose answers were indicative of alien abductions. Based on the survey, it was extrapolated that nearly 4 million people in the U.S. have endured an alien abduction. Four million? What? Fucking crazy.
1: That sounds Well, a if you high.
0: if you extrapolate the data, um, and such experiences aren't limited to regular folk, Katie. Even celebrities the likes of Elvis Presley, John Lennon, Dan Aykroyd, and Shirley MacLaine among them have shared stories of their own alien close encounters, and nobody gives a fuck. (laughs) Or nobody should give a fuck, is the more poignant point. Um, I mean, hey, I think that if something... I, I, I agree with that. If something traumatic happens to you... Whether you, whether it was real or not, but you actually perceived the event, then of course it can be. Tra- it can cause you some type of uh, traumatic, uh, post-traumatic stress.
1: Absolutely, perception is reality for an individual. Oh, yeah. So, I've seen the,
0: listen, I've seen the Matrix.
1: <laughs> I have not. <laughs>
0: I, I, was, I was fucking waiting for that to fall, just break to the floor, just fucking boom. Yeah, never watched those fucking movies.
1: No, uh, but the human psyche is spectacular, honestly, and it's capable of insane things. So I, I really feel like this is more about the human psyche than it is about alien abductions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, and it is very interesting. Yeah, I, I, it is. I think work in that direction is, you know, it's, it, it's like the work they're doing with the, Excuse me, with like MDMA and mushrooms with uh, depression and PTSD and shit like that. Yeah. It's, you know, very fringe stuff for, for people on the straight and narrow. Right. Um, but for people who have uh, dabbled in drugs, uh, it's not that outside of the realm of being a real thing. Like, it's exciting and, stuff and, though. Yeah, the the research that's coming out is is um it's amazing. It is. And I think that people should should uh should take note. Like I've already decided like it, based on what I've read if I get some type of terminal disease and I have to you know, I I'm, I'm going to be just wasting away, I want fucking mushrooms yeah somebody fucking find them fucking things and would dose me for the way out for sure. because i from because from what i've read um people who have and i'm not talking about being like com- wasted on mushrooms all the time like who have a certain lower dose they accept it a lot easier
1: yeah
0: they don't have as much stress about you know, the fact that they, their uh, timeline is a lot shorter, you know, that they, they have an end in sight. Like, they just... It, so, I I've I already told my kid, I was like, listen, this is the way it is. Just be prepared. So well, it's gonna the cool happen. thing
1: about those studies, though, is that we really truly still don't understand the human brain and, like, all oh, the ins no. and outs of it. And so, to have some focus put on this kind of thing is really exciting. Like, I mean the possibilities of what can be learned from diving into our brain's response to this. Like it's, that's exciting for the medical community. I think.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're on the verge of some, some crazy shit. I can tell you that. I mean, the way technology has jumped, let's, let's, I say, let's see where it goes. Um, from wionews.com, wait, what? Scientists say water in our oceans has alien origins. We live on a planet, 71% of which is covered in water. It is the water that gives Earth its unique blue color from space. But the, blue, the origin of this liquid water, which sustains our seas and has nourished life for a millennia, still remains a subject of intense debate. Technically, the water isn't blue.
1: I was just—I was thinking the same thing actually. Like, well, I thought that was a reflection. Well, no, that's why the sky's blue.
0: Right. The the sky the water re- reflects the skies.
1: No, I think the sky reflects the water.
0: Nope, incorrect. Mm. Incorrect. Mm. The sky is blue because of the way the light filters through the atmosphere. Can, you can look that up while I'm reading. Anyhow, no,
1: I believe you. I'll take your word.
0: <laughs> Some researchers argue that water in our, in one form or another has been present in our world ever since it coalesced out of swirling clouds of dust and gas 4.5 billion years ago. Earth has always been provided with a reservoir in short, a reservoir in short. Yet other scientists have a different and frankly much more interesting viewpoint. According to them, Earth was once parched and almost waterless. And our oceans were merely the result of ice and water raining down from extraterrestrial sources. Yes, aliens gave us water. The theory suggests that extraterrestrials may be responsible for most of the 332,500,000 cubic miles of water covering our planet today. And drumroll please now. British scientists are backing up the hypothesis that our seas are actually from out of this world. Studying grains of material from an asteroid called 25143 Itakawa brought back to earth by a Japanese robot probe this group of scientists concluded that these grains support the hypothesis that our oceans came from outer space Luke Daly of the University of Glasgow Glasgow says that the dust day study provides compelling evidence that our oceans were formed from water from other parts of the solar system He says that there is strong evidence that at least half of the water on earth Has been filtered by interplanetary dust. The scientists report in a paper published in Nature Astronomy that the grains brought back from the asteroid contained a significant amount of water. Daly and his colleagues examined grains of dust returned from Itokawa 25143 using atom probe tomography. Using this technique, scientists can count atoms one by one in a sample. That's pretty crazy. As Daly explains, this water was most likely created by solar wind, a stream of particles emanating from the sun. In the clouds of dust that float throughout the solar system, these particles would have interacted with oxygen atoms to create water molecules which would have built up in the clouds over the solar system's history. The dust grains, as well as their water, would have been mopped up by the earth as it orbited the sun. According to an argument, this would have allowed water, which Leonardo da Vinci once called the driving force of all nature, to filter down from the skies onto Earth. Professor Martin Lee of the University of Glasgow, who was part of the group, stressed that all the water that is found in our seas did not come from solar dust grains. Ice from comets and asteroids crashing on Earth would have made an equally substantial contribution. According to Lee, solar dust and icy comets provided us with the oceans in which life then evolved. This discovery is important not only for for providing compelling evidence about the origins of water on Earth, but for several other reasons as well. It implies that there may be water on other worlds in our solar system, perhaps in the form of ice. This has profound implications for future exploration of space and the hunt for life across the universe. Cool. I think I already knew that, though. Th- yeah. I think that theory's been around for a while.
1: That's what I was thinking. Now, I'm not a big space nut, though, so that's why I was like, well, my opinion doesn't matter. But I was thinking, that doesn't sound too earth-breaking, you know? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not crazy.
1: It's not some crazy shit.
0: Um, and our last story of the evening, uh, from AJC.com. And this happened yesterday. Um, Netherworld reopened for a one night haunted holiday. Deck the halls with boughs of cobwebs. Fala la 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 la. If your house's decorations went straight from Halloween to Christmas, you have something in common with Netherworld. The famed haunted house in Gwinnett County reopened Saturday, December 18th for one extra night of fright. If you missed Rise of the Nether Spawn in October, you now have another chance to see it in the deepest caverns. Be- well, you did in the deepest caverns below the cursed city of Wishburg. An ancient creature summons an army of horrific nightmares, led by the twin abominations, fear and terror. As a colossal storm of shadow engulfs the world to conceal this army of horrors from the Netherworld, according to a press release from earlier this year. Saturday's haunt won't be exactly like Halloween's. Netherworld is adding a peppermint twist to the fun. You'll also experience visits from seasonally inspired monsters like Krampus and Yeti, holiday-themed scenes, and more. Access to Netherworld's holiday-themed Midway entertainment area and gift shop full of Christmas gifts for the lover of all things spooky. Limited capacity and tickets on a timed schedule. Tickets are sold in half-hour time slots. That doesn't fucking matter because it's done. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That one I grabbed because I thought it was neat.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. I
0: would enjoy something like that. Yeah, that was was a cool one. I actually had another story, but it's too damn fucking long. And it's about a haunted inn. England's Ancient Ram Inn. Maybe I'll fucking repurpose it for next week. I don't know. I had to to tighten this up this week because I'm uh, taking my stepdaughter out to see Spider-Man. So. That'll be
1: fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, I got married over the summer. You know, that's why I, I saw Katie and Steve, and there's a picture of us all together.
1: It is. It's a lovely picture.
0: Yeah, it is. I I was going to pop it up. Uh, where am I? There it is. Right there. Let me screen share that. You don't care if I share it, right?
1: No, no, that's fine. Uh, It was a lovely day. It was a day to be
0: remembered. Yeah. That was, uh... Right there. That was, uh... The day we all friggin' saw each other. It was a good time. It was a really good time. And I, uh... It was was a great day. All in all. Uh, And my honeymoon was fucking amazing. So get to go on a helicopter ride
1: that yeah fun. that looks beautiful
0: oh it was I mean it And the thing that sucks is when it's done it's like oh, it was really short
1: right it goes by so fast
0: yeah it goes by so fucking quick but you see some amazing shit like the way that we got to see the smoky mountains my wife and I it was fucking crazy it was really nice Um, and I'm, and we drove the Blue Ridge Mountain Parkway, um, all the way down. We went through, uh, Shenandoah, I think. I don't remember the one we went through before that, but, um, it was beautiful and we had such a good time, such a good, good time. I got to see a storm come over. While we were up in the the Blue Ridge Mountains, that it kind of passed overhead. It looked really, really cool watching it swirl around and come oh, wow. over. <clears throat> it, yeah, it was really neat. It
1: sounds um, neat. I love watching storms.
0: And I I I'm pretty sure I came across some type of critter. I don't know what type of critter, <laughs> um, but I went down to take a piss. There was this little spot you could, because there were little trails. Like everywhere that you could um that you could go down from the lookouts to like go down to like these little rock that kinda like stuck out over or whatever. And I had gone down to take a picture and I had to take a leak while I was down there and while I'm down there I'm sitting on the rock and I hear this thing go (sighs) Yikes. And I'm like fuck was that? And I'm still taking a piss and I'm like, oh, uh, let's hurry this up here. Uh, <laughs> right. And, uh, and I hear it again. I'm like, and it, it just.
1: <sighs> Was it a bear?
0: I have no fucking clue. Like, what the fuck is that? So I, you know, zip up fucking up and I start moving up and I hear it again. I heard it three times. And I bolted up the trail and jumped up over. My wife said she's like, I knew something was wrong when I see a fucking flying up over. But yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a very good time, and uh, I, I I I really enjoyed that type of shit. We did oh, yeah. see a bear. We did see a bear while we were driving. It was a uh, black bear. Uh, it, was, it was a small little thing. It wasn't a yeah. big one. Um, That's cool to see. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I mean, I've seen them before. I saw a huge one in California. I and, I mean... And out there, they don't, they're not black. They're cinnamon-colored. Right. And this thing was massive. I was like, holy shit. I didn't know they came that big.
1: I didn't know. When I was younger... I thought grizzly bears and black bears were similar.
0: (laughs) Oh no.
1: You know, living in Indiana, we have a really lovely zoo where I'm from, but we didn't have grizzly bears. So I had never seen one in person until I think when I was finally like 17, I finally went to the Indianapolis zoo and they have grizzly bears. Holy yeah. shit. I had no idea. They're like fucking tanker trucks, man. They're right. huge. And I,
0: and I think I said this recently. Like, there's... there, I, We, all the time... Like, we've been doing this show for a while. And... We talk about all these fantastical creatures.
1: We like have, have fantastical creatures. Right. <laughs> you
0: look at fucking... Go look at a bear. A fucking real huge ass like a grizzly or a kodiak
1: oh yeah up close and personal polar bears it's a Uh,
0: fucking monster yeah it's a fucking monster go look at a a moose oh yeah and you want to you think moose oh it's a fucking it's an herbivore it eats plant it will that motherfucking that thing will fuck you up yeah fuck you up
1: even just something like a bobcat honestly like, those oh, yeah. little, they're not even that big, but holy shit, those things are so wild I've and ferocious. Said it, I've, said it for
0: a, I've said it for a while now, uh, the emergence of this, this coy wolf that's happening, uh, this mixture yeah. of domestic dogs, wolves, and, and coyotes, and, and, it, and it's taken a hold and it's creating this new, uh, this new species of creature. It, it's going to eventually become its own thing.
1: Oh, I, it's I think it already dangerous. has. It just hasn't been documented yet.
0: Right. They, they haven't. Uh, it's not official, official.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, th- I think they're going to th- those things are going to be crazy dangerous because they're not afraid of people. Right. The fear of people. got some
1: closer of, domestication in their blood. And that's not right. necessarily a good thing.
0: Yeah. And they're living amongst people like in urban areas. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. Like like I said, the, I, you, we look for all these fantastical creatures, and it's fun. It's oh, f- it super fun. Like it's I have a blast. I have fun I have fun with this shit. You know, I'm a, a huge Mothman fan. Love me some Bigfoot. You know, give me some Loch Ness. I'm all in with this shit. But let's face facts: There's crazy shit right here on Earth. Oh, sharks yeah. exist. Sharks they exist.
1: Right. You know what Eating, I still get really excited. Machines. It gets me going. The Tasmanian tiger, the fact that oh, that I think uh, they are still out there. I hope they are that's so exciting.
0: I think that they could be I, I think do that too. they very well could be at this point um, yeah, Richard would be happy.
1: I, I know, know I would be. I haven't
0: be. spoken to him in forever, but uh i'm sure he's I'm sure he'd be happy if if they uh still existed
1: yeah, crazy that one gets weird me creature. the yeah. the way their
0: jaws work. Right. It, uh, it's just weird. But uh, anyhow, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, thanks, those of you who listen tonight. Dave Long, it seems like you stuck it out. I know Les was in there for a little bit, Les Eckersley. He's, a, he's always usually around. Um, for those of you who catch it on the uh, replay or uh, on YouTube when I post it later or uh, uh, wherever podcasts are downloaded, um, thanks for joining us. This has been the 40 and slip episode 195. Merry Krampus, everybody, and Merry Christmas uh, or whatever you fucking celebrate. You know, Happy Hanukkah, Festivus is for the rest of us. I don't fucking know. Whatever your (laughs) thing is, you know, um, Kwanzaa or stuff it up your ass if you're a humbug. I don't care. Um, Enjoy it, Uh, spend some time with your family uh we will be back next sunday i think we will you good for next sunday
1: um i should be that'll be a lovely excuse to get out of a family gathering i don't want to go to so
0: well (laughs) hey there you go i mean i'm glad i could give you one of those yeah thanks Um, for that chris (laughs) but uh yeah no uh um we'll be back next sunday night uh at eight o'clock um I had, to, I had to keep it tight, and I, I, I don't have any problem with making the shows a little longer. Um, I know that Katie is with Katie, it's a time issue, so we may at some point move the show back to 7 p.m. on Sundays. Um, but right now, Sunday nights seem to be working, so we're going to keep with that schedule. Um, and I'm going to keep it at 8 o'clock for now. Uh, we will announce if it's going to 7. Uh, for those of you that like to listen live, it's not a, not a lot of you. To be honest, <laughs> generally <laughs> not right now, and and a lot of people don't you know don't have the new schedule down yet. So uh, I know that a lot of people said that uh, caught it on YouTube. We're really happy that we came back. So, um, or the few people that were on there that commented.
1: Oh, no, it was good to see some old familiar names.
0: Yeah. So spread the word that uh, we're back. Um, I haven't heard from some of the real. The, the diehards, like, and I think I mentioned this to you, Dean. I know that Dean had some health issues.
1: Yeah, um, I hope he's doing so okay.
0: If anybody knows anything or can reach out to him, I, I mean, I guess I could message him, but um, I don't like to bother the old fuck. Um, just uh, let everybody know that we're back, and uh, we'll stick around for a while, hopefully. So, uh, from Dave, Dave did stick around for the whole show. Dave, uh, I wanna I wanna appreciate you for sticking out the whole goddamn show. You get the uh listener of the year award. It's not a very prestigious award. <laughs> but you get it, my friend. So until next Sunday. See ya!